The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Why am I here? Because you love it. There are times when I think we should go every other week. Today is one of those days. <laughs> I don't even have my sponsors up. Everybody do the Papa Paz now. All righty. Let's get this show on the road. All right. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, Tom. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Still here. Still here. We're still doing four, it. Four plus years later, and we're still here. Can you just pull me down? I can't believe I'm saying down. But wow. Just a little bit. Sure. Yeah, for some reason, I'm blowing my ears off. Um, uh, four plus years here at the Paying Attention Podcast. And I actually had the number on the last show, but it's like 32 years doing broadcasting. And I still come in from time to time and go, why am I doing this? <laughs> I have so many things I could be doing in the middle of a Thursday afternoon, but I'm here for you. I'm here for you guys. And um, the, there, are, there are times when um, I come in and I do a great show, and then there are times when I come in and I think it's a horrible show. But the weird thing is that you guys always seem to have the exact opposite taste that I do. I come in and do a show and walk away and go, wow, that was horrible. And then I get a plethora of email from people going, that was the greatest show ever. And then I come in and I, we had Richard Lawrence, the civil rights leader, who marched with Martin Luther King. We had him here about a year ago. And I, I walked away going, you, you know what? That was literally the best show I've ever done. That was so friggin' educational. It was unbelievable. And we had five people watched. Yeah. So uh, it, don't go by me, right? Because when, when you're the person doing it, it's hard uh, to gauge. But I always like to get feedback, even, especially, even and especially hate mail. Uh, we love the hate mail. And in fact, at some point in the next couple of weeks, I will come in. People keep begging for it. I keep saying I'm going to do it, but I'm actually starting to put some stuff together to come in and do a show where all I do is read hate mail. That's going to be kind of fun, I think. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot, of, lot of things to get to. Before we do, I want to start. Uh, I want to thank my sponsor. I want to thank Ronnie Marsan. 
Uh, we're going to mention him in a couple of seconds because there's a story going on that he's going to jump into. Uh, Ron Marston, Marston and Sun Construction, if you need, uh, I think I'm coming down with a cold. I can hear my voice sounds yeah. a little different today. Uh, but it's definitely not COVID because I can smell everything and I'm tasting everything, so I know I'm good. Uh, Marston and Sun Construction, uh, you should give Ronnie Marston a call if you need a, a new addition put on your house, if you need your roof fixed, if you need anything done. Uh, construction-wise, or even if you've got a big construction project, give Ronnie a call and tell him that you appreciate that he supports this program because he does. And he doesn't need, he doesn't need the advertising. Trust me, the guys it, it, like, uh, like my friend David Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping, he doesn't need the business. They do it to support us. And so in, in, order, in order to thank him, please, if you, need, if you have construction needs, please call Ronnie Marsan. Same thing if you have um, uh, landscaping needs, call Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Uh, we also want to thank Borelli's Deli, which is where I go to get my special hot sausages every Thursday right after the show. Uh, and by the way, the tortellini salad and the, you know the the macaroni salad. I don't. I'm not a macaroni salad guy. I don't like macaroni salad in general. But I ordered the tortellini salad, and I think the girl gave me someone else's um, um, macaroni salad by accident a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And the macaroni, and I said, you know what? I might as well try it. I have it. It's here at home. And I ate, it was so good. Now I go back, and that's like that's like a new part of like what I, what I order. That's part nice. of my regular order now. Uh, AFC Urgent Care. We're gonna get Lisa on again. I think we're gonna have her on with um, New Lawrence Mayor Brian DePina. We're working on a little project together where the city's gonna make a little bit of money, and it's gonna help AFC Urgent Care, and it's gonna help a local kid. So. Uh, I don't want to blow the lid off that, but uh, they're going to be in at some point in the next uh, few weeks. McLennan Real Estate Century 21. Home prices are still going up. The housing market is still absolutely unbelievable. I know because I'm looking. And um, we had Matt on the show, I think probably about five or six weeks ago now. And he's been coming on regularly. And he says that, no, there's no real estate bubble coming, at least as far as he can see. So if you're looking to buy or sell a house, you should be calling uh, McLennan Real Estate. Tomo and Happy Crab. Uh, Tomo, a great hibachi food. We love Tomo. We've been to Happy Crab a couple times. It's pretty good too. And a special shout out to Clear Path for Veterans New England, who we're going to raise some money for at the bash. We decided that half of our raffle money is going to go to Clear Path awesome. for Veterans New England because they are the guys that are helping veterans get off the streets, get service dogs, get the programs that they need, get the services that they need and the insurance that they need. And speaking of insurance, we want to say hi to our good friend, Mike Sullivan, who was here three weeks ago and never once mentioned the whole hour he was here. We had such a great show. He never once mentioned that he was just named chairman of the board of the new, of the, the new chairman of the board of the Merrimack Valley Chamber of Commerce. So uh, we want to thank uh, Mike Sullivan for coming and we want to congratulate him for uh, his his position now on the uh, Merrimack Valley Chamber of Commerce, which is great. Got a couple of things I want to talk about. I'm going to jump around a little bit today. We actually had a, a, a guest booked and uh, and couldn't make it last minute, and we're going to try and get them in. Uh, we can't do it next week. Next week is going to be Pavel Payano. That's a show you're not going to want to miss. Pavel Payano is a, is a Lawrence City Councilor at large, topped the ticket the last two times he ran. He is now running for Senate. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but he's going to be here next week. So we're going to throw some really tough questions at him. Um, you know, his political philosophy is way opposite of mine. So it's going to be fun. Um, he is the front runner coming into this race. And I don't want to talk too much more about it because I'm going to get to that uh, later on. Um, we have a couple of updates for you. 
we have the Valley Patriots 18th anniversary bash coming April 8th. And we have secured a couple of people to do um, some entertaining for you. And drumroll, please, breaking news. Melvin hey. Taylor will be starting the bash by singing the Paying Attention song. Awesome. So uh, I know he's not feeling well when he said, you know, I'm, I'm not doing well. I'm not feeling that well. But I know that by April, I ought to be able to come in and do at least one song. So he's going to come in. He's going to do. I think he's the only guy in the room that we pay. Because um, mm-hmm. one year he's like, yeah, it doesn't really seem like worth my mile to get all my stuff, come down there, set up just for one, one song. Time. And it's I was like, what if we give you a hundred bucks? And he was like, oh, for a hundred bucks, I could probably do that. <laughs> so, uh, so he's in. And comedy by superstar comedian. Eric Spagnoli, the Spags. Yes. He was my intern for a while. He wrote a couple of really great stories for the Valley Patriot. And then like all good reporters, like all good writers, he didn't last because he got offered something else that was way better than I could pay anybody. <laughs> and he went and, he, and he's doing that now. And I don't hold that against anybody, trust me. I know we don't have a lot of money at the Valley Patriot to pay people. So when people come on board and then they end up going somewhere else for, for, for better money or for any money, because some people we don't pay at all, um, <laughs> I don't take. I never take it personal. And when he when he had to give me the bad news, he was like, "Oh, Tom, I'm really sorry. I feel so bad to have to tell you this." And there's all these qualifiers, and I'm like, "You're leaving, aren't you?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm leaving." I'm like, "Listen, don't feel bad about it at all. You're still part of the Valley Patriot family. When the bash comes, you're still gonna come, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, and "You're still gonna perform, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." So we called him this week and said, "Are you still in?" And like most people who are part of the Valley Patriot family, even for just a little while. He, they always say yes, and he said, yep, I'm in. So we've got Eric Spagnoli's going to be doing some comedy for us. And he's a pretty funny guy, so um, that's going to be fun. Uh, tickets are $45 at the door, $40 in advance. Tables of 10 are $375. Tables of 8 are 320 So you don't really get a discount if you get the, the table of 8, but if you buy a table of 10, you get a little bit of a discount. Um, what else do we have on the bash? Anything? All right. So I want, just want to give you a quick bash update. Then I'm going to talk about a few things. Uh, we have no uh, donations yet for the Lawrence High ROTC scholarship. Uh, we usually start that off at $1,400, but we have uh, Eugene Smith, who is not feeling well. He's, he's not doing well at all, actually. Um, and uh, our prayers go to him because uh, we don't know how long he's going to be with us. So I'm not going to hit him up for money this year. Uh, but he usually starts this scholarship off of twelve to fourteen hundred dollars. That's usually our start-off point. So we're looking for somebody who would be interested in uh, starting us off with maybe a thousand dollars, a thousand dollar donation for the Lawrence High ROTC scholarship. And the Lawrence High scholarship is the only scholarship we have where you actually get a tax write-off if you give us um, a donation, because you write your check directly to the Lawrence High Alumni Association, which is a five hundred one c three. And then they send the money to the college for the kid. So, um, so, it, so if you do make a donation, $1,000 or more, or even just a little bit less, whatever you can give, um, that is tax deductible. Uh, we have our Greater Lawrence Vocational Scholarship. Normally, we have uh, our friend the midget, uh, Mike Gagliotti, who's president of Labor's Union Local 175, gives a start us off with $1,000 on that scholarship. Uh, I called him. He said he was in. I said, are you in this year for the bash? He said, yes, but let me call you back because I'm in the middle of something. Haven't touched base with him again to see what his uh, base amount's going to be that he's going to donate. We're assuming it's 1000 so we're just going to say 1000 for now, but we'll give you an actual number next week. 
The Whittier Scholarship starts at $950 thanks to Al Velo, our good friend Al Velo, who started that scholarship. He's an alumni of Whittier. The Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship also starts at $950 thanks to Al Velo, who started that scholarship. Uh, We have the Michelle DeLuca Benedetti Scholarship, which starts at $200 because right before COVID, we were having some poker games to raise money for that scholarship. And uh, we have at least two. I think we have more. I'm going to check. But I know for sure we at least have $200 when to start that scholarship. And then we have a new scholarship. At the end of last week's show, we did a whole show on the bash. Dave Garafalo, our good buddy Dave, uh, came out and was chatting with me about the bash. And he said, uh, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to, I'd like to give you guys $2,100 for another scholarship. Uh, $2,100 for a kid that's going into communications or broadcasting or media. Um, so because we don't have a Methuen High kid, right, we have the Vogue, we have Lawrence High, we have Haverhill High, we have Whittier, which is in Haverhill, um, and, we, and, and the Vogue, but we, what we don't have is Methuen High. We always have a very hard time in Methuen because they're, Methuen people are so overly political that they will take it out on you. If they don't like you, they'll take it out on the kid, yeah. right? And that's just because Methuen is just, it, Methuen is what Lawrence was in 1990, trust me. So, um... Because Dave was nice enough to do that, I said, well, why don't we designate this for a, for a Methuen High kid? And Mrs. Rouge called me this week, uh, a woman that I went to high school with, and she said, hey, I saw that you're looking for a Methuen kid. I think she's, I think she's on their alumni board, or she, she, she helps with that. And she said, um, I'd be happy to be your coordinator to try and help you find a kid that's going into media and broadcasting. So... Um, what we try to do on the committee, we have a bunch of people that get together because there's so much to do. Everybody gets designated with a task. Jessica Finicaro st- helped us to start the vocational scholarship at the Great Alliance Vogue when she was on the Great Alliance Vogue board. And so she came in with us the first year, and, um, and she's been with us ever since. And even though for the last couple of years we haven't really gotten along all that well, uh, I called her last week, and she actually picked up the phone for the first time in two years. And we chatted. It was a little awkward, but... Um, Kudos to Jessica for being the kind of person that the rest of her colleagues on the Methuen City Council pretend to be. She was totally willing to put aside the fact that we're not getting along and said, you know what, I'm in. I'll help you pick the kid from the Vogue. I'll be there. I'll help you with the presentation. So thank you to, uh, to Jessica for that. So those are our, our, our uh, scholarship updates. We'll actually bring in like a little sheet that we'll, put on, that we'll put on the screen from now on so you can see like where we are. A um, couple of other things. All right, so... I had a couple of other bash things to get to, but I can see I'm, I've already eaten eight minutes out of the show. So a couple things in the news. I want to talk about a local issue real quick. Uh, we learned from NBC10 Boston yesterday that Methuen Mayor Neil Perry has decided that based on an anonymous tip, um, apparently the city of Methuen has been plowing a road, uh, plowing a street off Hampshire Street in, in Methuen. And it is apparently, it's a private road. I guess it's, it's not a city road because it, it's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't measure up to the specifications of what a city road would be, so it's considered a private road, and for the last 10 years, Methuen's been plowing it, and because of an anonymous tip that went to the mayor's office saying, hey, you shouldn't be plowing this road, it's a private road, the lawyers looked into it and said, yeah, you're right, this is a private road, we're not going to plow this anymore, and then notified them, like, I guess, yesterday. So... Um, Posted the story online on Facebook, and you know what? This is a testament to the Valley Patriot family once again. Once again, the people who, who are in our inner circle, the people who are, 
who are always there when we reach out. We posted this story, just a regular news story from Channel 10. I didn't break the story. I didn't break it, so don't, don't blame me. Um, I got an immediate response from Ed Abdu on Facebook who said, you know what? Screw Neil Perry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plow their road for free on Saturday when it snows. And this morning I got a text at 9 o'clock in the morning. By the way, Ronnie, we don't, we don't do that at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, usually after 12 is good. But I got a 9, 9 a.m. text this morning from Ronnie Marsan from Marsan and Sun Construction who said, hey, guess what? Um, I was so mad about what I saw in that story, I'm going to plow them for free on Saturday. So now you got two people in the community willing to help out uh, the neighbors on Hampshire Street whose, whose street will not be plowed uh, thanks to the city of Methuen. I, I, I guess I'm of two minds on this, okay? Uh, uh, in, in, in the first place, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a situation that's been going on for 10 years. And I think if the city was going to decide not to plow the road anymore because of some anonymous tip. And by the way, we know what this anonymous tip really means. Somebody who doesn't like the property owner, somebody who doesn't like the developer of the property, somebody who doesn't like someone who lives there, tipped off somebody in the mayor's office. It was probably a city councilor. I don't want to say which Jim McCarty, I suspect. But um, somebody tipped off the mayor's office and, and they looked it up. In Neil's defense, they're not supposed to be plowing roads that aren't city roads, Right. I mean, they shouldn't be plowing anybody's driveway because that's private property, and they shouldn't be plowing uh, roads that aren't public roads. On the other hand, there's, a, there's, there's another way to do that, and I would think that Mr. Compassion, Mayor Compassion uh, in Methuen, would have said, well, you know what? We get this big snowstorm coming up. Maybe we'll notify them that within 30 days we're going to stop doing it just so that you know, they can make arrangements. I mean, you've got all these neighbors now who have to kind of pull their money together to figure out how they're going to pay to have their street plowed. And there are senior citizens and disabled people on that street who, how are they going to get to the doctor's office if they have to? How are they going to get to the doctor or or the dentist or to get food or whatever if they need to in the middle of a snowstorm if the city's not going to be plowing? And there hasn't been any any arrangements made to plow their street. Yes, dear? I just... Neil Perry's commenting on your... Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, let's like let's see what Neil Perry has to say. You know, I feel bad that he's watching because I don't watch his, but um, but uh, let's see. He says, not a road. It's private property. Deed from June 2001 clearly states snow removal, sole responsibility of the homeowner. And that's fine. And, and again, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see both sides here, right? Because there's, there's, no, there's no, no bad guy here. There's no demon here. But... Um, Again, I think that the compassionate thing to do would have been to give them some time and say, you know what, we've been doing it now for, for nine years. We probably shouldn't have been doing it. We shouldn't have been doing it. Um, I'm going to give you guys like you know, 30 days, 90 days to get your act together and figure out how you can get your, your own thing done. Um, I was a little surprised that I had to see it on NBC Channel, Channel 10, though. I would, would have thought somebody would have picked up the phone and called me. I would have liked that story. Although I'm pretty sure that you know the mayor probably wouldn't have Returned my calls and given me a given me a quote, um, but I, I I at least would have made the effort to call the guy and and, and ask him for a quote. Um, but thank you to Ronnie Marsan and Ed Abdu who both stepped up to the plate right away as soon as I posted the story and said, you know, hey, look, these people need to have their thing plowed. We got a big snowstorm coming on Saturday, and we're going to take care of them. All right, um, what else do we have here? We've got uh, the Supreme Court is the big story of the last couple of days. And I'm not sure why it was a story because the the outgoing uh, Supreme Court justice didn't announce that he was stepping down. 
Somebody else leaked it to the press. And the big story, especially on Fox, Fox is is um, is is obviously they're they're kind of right right wing. This is my right. That's your left. Fox is kind of right wing, so they immediately jumped on the fact that Joe Biden, President Biden, said during the campaign that he was only going to he was going to uh, appoint a black woman. And of course, the racism angle. Now, I'm not going to just repeat everything everybody on Fox says. I agree with them though that it is kind of racism. If Donald Trump had come out and said, um, my Supreme Court nominee is going to be a white man, I think there would have been, rightfully so, there would have been uh, pearl clutching and screeching on CNN and every other network. And and again, rightfully so. On the other hand, not so much when he comes out and he says equally racist things like, I'm going to appoint a black woman. Not a qualified woman, not a woman with great experience, but a black woman. So I started thinking about this, and I'm glad Neil's watching because he's, he's the guy that always complains when he was on my show about the way I talk about women. I'm always talking about hot women, what they look like. And I started to think, what would, a ta- what would a President Duggan do if I had a Supreme Court nomination to fill? And I think that during the campaign, I would promise that if you elected me, I would only appoint a hot, redheaded woman. Because what's the difference, really, if you think about it? What's the difference between saying, I'm going to pick a black woman based on her looks and her gender, or I'm going to pick a hot, redheaded woman based on her looks and her gender? Is there any, honestly, legitimately, is there any difference between these two things? I don't think there is. I don't think there is. The only, quali- the, only, the only thing that should be considered in, in finding a Supreme Court nominee, actually, I think there are two things. One, obviously, qualifications. The other is, what is their judicial philosophy? There are two philosophies when it comes to the Constitution, when it comes to the Supreme Court, when it comes to this issue. There are two major philosophies when it comes to the Constitution. One is that it's a living, breathing document that changes with the times whenever we want to. You know, things change and technology changes, so if it doesn't say it in the Constitution, it doesn't mean what it says. We can change the, the, the meaning as we go. That's the left-wing liberal Democrat philosophy. Democrat Party philosophy is it's a living, breathing document. The other philosophy is, it happens to be my philosophy, and that is that the Constitution says what it means, and it means what it says, And if you want to change it, there's a mechanism to change it. You get two-thirds of the state to ratify the change. You have two-thirds of Congress and the the Senate ratify the change, and the president signs the change. And that's how you make an amendment to the Constitution. For example, like it or not, agree with it or not, abortion is nowhere in the Constitution. It's just not there. And the Constitution specifically spells out that if there isn't, isn't anything specifically enumerated as a right in this Constitution, then it falls back to the states. Now, if the Supreme Court tomorrow decided that abortion was not, that to overturn Roe versus Wade and that abortion is not a constitutional right, that doesn't mean abortion stopped the next day. And I think a lot of people are confused by that. What it means is that it would leave it to the states. And... Quite frankly, that's constitutionally correct if you believe that the Constitution says what it means and means what it says. Unfortunately, we have an entire political party that doesn't want it to mean what it says. They want to write in the margins. They want to, they want to, they want to create rights. They, they think you have a right to gay marriage. It's nowhere in the Constitution you don't have a right to gay marriage. And by the way, you don't need a 
right to gay marriage. You can persuade your fellow citizens to call your local congressman and make it a federal law that gays can get married. It doesn't need to be a constitutional right because it's not in the Constitution. And each state can have their own uh, restrictions on abortion if Roe v. Wade is overturned. In fact, they, they, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different states that have different restrictions on abortion. In some states, you can get abortion on demand up until the moment of birth. Massachusetts, up until the moment of birth, during birth, you can change your mind and say, kill the baby. It's nine months. And in Massachusetts, it, that's legal. In other states, you can't, uh, you can't get an abortion after three or five months. In the Texas case, I think, which is the one coming up to the Supreme Court, uh, they changed it to when there's a fetal heartbeat. You can't have an abortion after the baby has a heartbeat. All right. Now, what's interesting is that the people who cry about science, the people who talk about global warming, and we have to wear masks and follow the science, we all know from Life Science 101 in sixth grade that life begins at conception. Hello? I mean, it's, it's in every Life Science 101 book that life begins at conception. Whether it's a flower being pollinated by a bee or it's a human being, life begins at conception. So I'm not here to argue the abortion issue, but I want to use it as an example to show the importance of the court and the misunderstandings of the court. The court is not there to give you rights or to take rights away. The court is, to, is there to make sure that any laws that are written don't violate the Constitution and that the government is not violating individual rights. That's the reason for the Supreme Court. So at one point in this country... Um, you, you didn't get Miranda rights if you, got, if you got arrested. If a cop arrested you, you, you have the right to remain silent and you have the right to an attorney, but they wouldn't tell you that. They didn't have to tell you that. It was up to you to know that. And then a Supreme Court ruling came down and said, no, no, no. You've got to notify, you've got to tell people their rights when, you, when, you, uh, when a cop arrests them. And because of that Supreme Court decision, cops... All over the country, no matter what city or state you're in, no matter what small town you're in, no matter what little hovel you live in, if the cops arrest you, they have to tell you that you've got the right to remain silent, that you have the right to an attorney, that you have the right to a phone call, that you're innocent until proven guilty. Now, for those of you who believe that the United States Constitution is a living, breathing document that changes with the time because you want them to side a certain way on gay rights or side a certain way on abortion, be very careful what you ask for. Because I've said this before on the show, and, and whenever we talk about the Constitution, I'm going to say it again. If the Constitution is a living, breathing document that changes with the times, then, you know, that provision that outlawed slavery 20 years from now might not mean that, right? We should go by the original intent of the framers of the Constitution and, and the original intent of those who amended the Constitution. We, we need to look at what their intent is when they wrote it to see what it's supposed to mean. We shouldn't be saying, well, you know, there wasn't gay marriage back then and gays didn't have any rights back then and we didn't really, you know, gays didn't really do anything back in the 1700s. It was always in the closet. And so this, the Constitution doesn't speak to that. We should write that in the margins. We should, we, should, we should rule that they should have that right because they should have that right. But that's not the role of the court. That's the role of Congress. That's the role of the Senate. That's the role of the president. And that's the role of the individual states. And what the, what the Democrat Party wants, what Joe Biden wants, certainly, is A, uh, someone who looks like America. A, a black woman, for some reason, is going to... They keep saying, 
uh, on Fox News yesterday and on CNN, they kept saying um, they had you know these pundits coming on saying, "Yeah, but it should be it should be a group that looks like America, so she can call on her experiences as a black woman." You're not there to call on your experiences as a black woman any more than Clarence Thomas is there to to call on his experience as a black man, or any or Amy Coney Barrett is there to call on her experiences as a white woman. You're there to look at the law that's being challenged and see if it comports with the Constitution or it doesn't. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter what your personal life experiences are. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. I don't care if someone's... I don't care if someone's black. I don't care if they're Asian American. I don't care if they're American Indian. I couldn't care less. What I care about is what is their political philosophy? What is their judicial philosophy? Do they believe the Constitution means what it says or don't they? Right now, we have five, we have four members of the Supreme Court who believe that the Constitution's a living, breathing document. Very scary stuff. Very scary stuff. Because again, 20 years from now, maybe women might not have the right to vote because... You know, the times have changed and it doesn't mean that anymore, right? We can maybe own slaves again because the times have changed. You know, that 14th Amendment might not mean what it used to mean anymore. I just want you guys to kind of think about that a little bit. We have laws that mean what they say. Our Constitution should mean what it says. And the entire debate over whether it should be a black woman, a white guy, all that stuff is really kind of peripheral. What they don't want you talking about is what is her judicial philosophy? Is she going to be a judicial activist? Meaning, is she going to find rights in the Constitution that aren't there because because she thinks it should be a right? Or are they going to read what's in the Constitution and say, it says what it means, it means what it says? Anyways, um, what else do we have here? I thought I had a couple of other things. All right, yeah, so we got seven minutes left. Let me just uh, bounce to the... um, in November, we're going to have an election in Massachusetts. All the state reps, all the state senators, and the governor are coming up for re-election. Charlie Baker stepping down as, as governor. Uh, Jeff Deal running to replace him. Not sure he can win. He's my friend. I hope he wins. I hope he comes to the bash. I will support him. Don't think he can beat Maura Healy. Maura Healy is really kind of the anointed one at this point. Although, you never know. We never, we, I mean, we didn't think Martha Coakley was going to screw up and lose that election against Scott Brown, and she did. So you never know. Anything can happen. But right now it looks like it's more Healy. Uh, can, let's see. Uh, Pavel Payano, who's going to be here next week, is running for state senate in the newly carved state senate district, which includes Lawrence and Methuen and a few other communities, Haverhill, I think. He is running at least so far against Eunice Ziegler. So you've got a, you have a black Methuen city councilor running against a Latino uh, a black woman city councilor of Methuen running against a male Latino city councilor in Lawrence, at least so far. I'm sure there's going to be more people jumping into that race. Um, this is a district, as is the state rep district that we're going to talk about in a second. This is a district that was carved for a minority candidate. Again, it's racism. We shouldn't be carving candidates for white people. We shouldn't be carving can- uh, districts for non-white people. We should be. We should be Equally carving districts so that everybody is re- equally represented. That's just me, but you know I don't have any say in any of this. Um, I think Pavel Payano is the front runner going into this. It is a mostly Latino district. It's a mostly minority district, but mostly a Latino district. But you know what? Eunice Ziegler, she's got a lot of goodwill in Methuen, and she's a good person. Like, I can't say that about too many Methuen officials. In fact, I can't really say that about very many of them at all, maybe one or two. But she's actually a really good person. 
And she's not one of these people that throw, throws bombs at the meetings. She's not one of these people looking to humiliate the mayor on a regular basis, no matter what he does right or wrong. Um, she's not one of these people that plays the politics behind the scenes, uh, the, you know, the petty politics of who's on this side and who's on that side. And I think because of that, she's got a lot of goodwill going into this election. And I think a lot of people are going to support her because of that. Um, I don't know where she stands on issues. I assume because she's kind of a left-wing Democrat that we're opposite in our philosophies, but I'm going to try and get her on the show as well. Problem is she works during the day. She works for the city of um, Haverhill. Sorry, wrong. Again, three in a row. She works for the city of Lowell. So during the day, it's going to be hard to get her here, but I I will try. Um, Also, a newly carved state rep seat, thanks to our good friend Marcos Devers, who has to get reelected, by the way, in Lawrence. Um, he was on the redistricting committee. There's a new state rep district that includes Lawrence, Methuen, and then a, like a part of like it's a weird district. It's got a part of like Ipswich and Essex. That is also a minority carved district. You have the Latino homeowner Estella Reyes, city councilor in Lawrence, running for that seat. She's the current District B city councilor, who's running against the white non-homeowner who lives in his mom's basement, Jim McCarty who is the central, one of the central district councilors in Methuen. I can't tell you how, I, how much I am looking forward to that race. I am so looking forward to this race, I, I can't even tell you. I'm more excited about this than I am the governor's race, and probably just about any other race in, uh, coming up this year, except for maybe Diana DiSaglio. To watch a white guy try to run against a Latino woman in a minority uh, district especially a white guy who uses the racist phrase against Latinos, Latinx. And we have talked about that on the show. I've written editorials about it. I think you guys know how I feel. But you should hear how the people in Lawrence feel when I bring up, hey, what do you think about Democrats calling you guys Latinx? I, sometimes I have to duck. Like, they throw things at me just by bringing it up. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to handle that as a a white guy who lives in his mom's basement, who's not a homeowner, who doesn't pay taxes, running against a Latina woman from Lawrence who is a homeowner, who does pay taxes. And I, I think their, their political philosophy is probably going to be pretty similar. Um, but he plays dirty, right? He's one of these people who likes to throw bombs at people and he plays dirty. So it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be a very interesting race, that state rep race. And you know what? Jim McCarty won't come on the show, but he is welcome to come on the show either by Zoom or to come into the, uh, come into the podcast. Um, I will have him on and I will, I will try to treat him as well as I treat anybody else. Although that's, that's going to be hard for me anyways. But I'll do it because I do it for you guys. I don't do this for me. I do it. I do it for you. Also, Diana DeZargo, you're running for state auditor. I haven't heard anybody else running for that race yet. And I tend to think that Diana had a heads up that her Senate district was changing. Because when she decided really early to run for, for a state auditor, I was like, yeah, but this is, this, this is your job for life if you want it. The state Senate seat is yours. Like, who can beat you in North Andover? Who can beat you in Methuen? Nobody. And she didn't say anything. She chuckled and she said, yeah, but this is what I'm going to do. And come to find out about a month later, they totally butchered her district. They totally butchered her district. So I think she's got a good shot at it. Um, We will talk. We'll do some updates as we get closer and closer to the election. Uh, I do appreciate that that, uh, Mayor uh, (laughs) Mayor Perry jumped on today and always happy to give his side if he's got a side to give. Although it would be better if he came here to give his side because then you can kind of get like a little bit of a back and forth, but he's afraid of me now. 
because now I'm not kissing his ass anymore. Now I'm asking real questions, right? Now, now, now there's been a little bit of a breakup. Now I'm a little bit, uh, a, a little bit. He, his big, his biggest beef with me is that I'm not fair. So now I'm trying to be fair with him, but he won't come on now that I'm being fair, right? So, um, so I guess that's it. We've got, um, we've got uh, what a minute and a half left. We'll thank our sponsors. Melvin Taylor will be at the bash this year. Eric Spagnoli also will be at the bash this year. We are looking for uh, sponsors for some of our uh, scholarship kids. I also want to thank uh, Kelly Birchall. I know, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm saying it. I want to thank Kelly Birchall and and uh, and her husband uh, Debo, who bought four. Uh, they sponsored four veterans tables for the bash this year. We let veterans in for free, but we try to get somebody to sponsor it so we actually can, so we don't lose the money for all the other stuff we're trying to do. So I want to thank uh, Kelly and uh, Debo for that. I guess you can roll up, Mel. And that's the end of the show. Did it all in one breath, I guess. Next week, it won't be like this. Next week, we're going to have a good show. Next week, we're going to have Pavel Payano here. And I'm going to ask him questions about Latinx. And I'm going to ask him questions about, you know, is voter ID racist? And, you know, some of those things that I think if he takes a middle position on, he easily walks away with this election. But I don't, I'm not too sure he's going to take a middle position on, on all this stuff. So let's see what happens. He's a good kid, I'll tell you that. I've known him since he went to the Frost. My mom was the... Um, was the school nurse at the Frost School for 20 years. And I used to go in and I used to uh, hang out with her once in a while. And Pavel, when he was in fifth and sixth grade, used to come in and chat with my mom. So I knew his dad. His dad and I go way back. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. So hopefully my, boy, my voice will be better for next week. I'm sure you'll be fine. You're he fine. says to go home. That is what he says. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.